Exodus chapter 9, verse number 1. Amen. It just Anybody could preach. Brother Green, Brother Thompson, thank y'all. Anybody, Brother Johnson. Hey, what a good... What a good job Brother Thompson did this morning with the lesson. You know, I, I want to lead you right, folks. I, I, want, I want to lead you. This is more than just a shout and a dance and, and an emotion. It's more than that. I, I, you know, we're, we're, we're fighting false doctrine. And when you start, let me tell you, the Bible talks about us being separate, coming out and being. Let, let me tell you something. You start you get a hold of truth. That's all you need to do. And it'll, it'll do all the separating you need to do. The Bible said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And so I, I, I'm feeling more than, than what I have written in my sermon here today. Uh, I feel an obligation. I feel maybe even pressure from God to say some things and and, and I, you know, I, somebody said, you need to quit apologizing. I'm not apologizing, but I am qualified. I think a foundation ought to be, you need to know where I'm coming from. And, and so we're, we're preaching, we're battling false doctrine in our, in our society. False doctrine, but that's just a bad word. When we talk about false doctrine, we're not talking about the ugliness of sin and demons and somebody cussing and lying. And, no. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about good people and nice people who won't preach the truth. Let me get a little, let me get a little clear, and I'm gonna get on my message here. Hopefully, in a minute, let me tell you what we're battling here. We're battling an idea that you just do whatever you want and be what I'm just. You do what I feel like doing. I'm just be a good. Listen, that's false doctrine, ladies and gentlemen. Cornelius was a good man. The Bible said he prayed always and gave alms. So he wasn't, he wasn't stingy and he prayed and he was a good man. And you know what God said? God said, you know what? His prayers has come up for a memorial before me. And so he sent an angel down to tell him what he needed to do to be saved. He ended up speaking in tongues. His whole house was filled and they were commanded to be baptized. Now, if you don't preach that, that's considered, according to the Bible, false doctrine. That's what we're up against today. That's the sneaky kind. I know when a sinner comes in, I can smell alcohol on their breath. And I know what we're dealing with right there. That's no problem. We just pray and the alcoholic knows they're an alcoholic. Sinners who confess, I'm a sinner. They just know they need. But it's the religious people. Or people who just kind of fall into that. Well, if you just accept Christ as your personal, if I could find that in the Bible, I would preach that. Otherwise, that's false doctrine. Can I get clearer than that? Should I? Is that, is that, is that getting clear? Uh, listen, if somebody believes on Jesus, I'm thinking, thank you, Jesus. That's a, that's the right direction. But I'm talking about people who think that's all you got to do, and then that takes care of everything else. Then you go ahead and make your own decisions. And make, no, no, no. You know what a better word for Christian really is than Christian? A better word for Christian, if you want to be biblical, if you want to look into the original, the, and, and we hate this word, especially, you know, in the black community because they came through all of this and it's just, it's horrible. But the truth is the truth, right? I'm certainly not trying to get us back to that. We went through that and that's, we, we're done with it. But a better word, a more appropriate word for Christian is slave. And we certainly don't want that. But I'm but the word of the Lord is forever settled. But God said He's gonna send a curse on people and does send a curse on people who don't have a love for the truth. That's what he said. Now, now if I could find in there where you just accept Jesus as your personal savior and you won't ever be lost again, would that be wonderful? But I can't find it in the Bible. That's what we're dealing with, folks. How do you tell somebody after somebody in the zone they can't ever be, you're fine, you're okay. How do you deal with that? It's tough to deal with, hard to deal with. You better be wise as a serpent because the first thing you're gonna say is you're judging. Everybody don't, if people don't even know the Bible, they know that scripture's in there. You're judging me, all right? So so anyway, just wanted to throw that out. Amen. So, so it's not just the ugly and the bad. And the, no, 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 the enemy, he's smart. 
hate to even give him that much credit. Amen. But we need the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Even the court of law knows that. Do you promise to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth? The reason they do that is because a part of a truth in our courts of law is considered an untruth or a lie. So you have to say, I'm going to tell everything that's true, but I'm not going to add anything. I'm not going to leave anything out. That's true. That's what truth is. Well, I just love Jesus, and that is that, that is good, but that's not all the truth. That's a good thing. That's a good part of it. Let's just preach it all. How about it? I'm, I'm, what I'm, what I'm, I can't get it. I can't get to all of it today. But what I'm asking for is this: that you open your spirit and open your heart, Amen, and say, God, I want everything you've got for me. A little shout, a couple of goosebumps. That's all good, but I want more than that. Amen. If I get in stammering lips, that's good. And I appreciate it, God. And I'll thank you for it. But I know there's more than that. Hallelujah. I understand we're having a baptismal service right at the end of the service here. Hang out for that. By the way, that's not optional either. But that's being preached all over our country in mainline denominational churches. Now that is false doctrine, folks. Hallelujah. You know, y'all know I'm a little controversial, but I get your attention when I start doing that. And that's the whole purpose. Exodus, y'all still with me? (laughs) Hallelujah. Listen, I ain't going to a church. I don't care how nice they are. I don't care how comfortable and beautiful the building is. I don't care if they got Starbucks in the foyer. I don't care if they're the best Sunday school programs in the world. I'm not going there if they don't preach the truth. I'm not. I'm just not. But if we keep hanging on in here, we keep fighting the good fight, God's going to help us build something out here, and this is all going to be totally remodeled. Amen. I feel like God's going to give us that piece of property down there, and then that over there. here brother Johnson and we stay together there's nothing that the enemy can do to stop us because we're together hallelujah amen let me get to my scripture Exodus 9 and 1 amen then the Lord said unto Moses go in unto Pharaoh boy I feel it right now and tell him thus saith the Lord God of Hebrews let my people go and here's why that they may serve me. You can't serve God. You can't serve. You can come to church. You might even pay your tithe. You may shout and worship a little bit. You might get a little emotional. But until you get loose, until you get cut off and severed from the ties of this world, you can't worship God right. You can't live for God. God knew that. So he said, you go tell Pharaoh, amen, here's the message. You set my people free where they can go and serve me. Amen. Let's, let's clap our hands to the Lord one more time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Look around, smile at somebody, wave at somebody, give somebody a high five, shake hands with somebody. Amen. Got to be friendly. And you may be seated. Did anybody sit down that didn't wave or didn't smile? I want you to stand back up. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Hallelujah. I didn't look around, so I, I, I could do that. Praise God. Amen. Tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Anybody feel like facing off with the devil? That's who Pharaoh, that's who he represents. Anybody feel like just saying devil? And the Bible, by the way, said there's a real devil. He, he, and you know, he's going to and fro in the earth. That's what he told God. Like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's around. All right, Hallelujah. Anybody feel like just squaring off with him? Amen. And saying, here's what I want you to do. 
and I'm gonna do it very strongly. You let so-and-so go. You get somebody in your heart and in your mind. Amen. Folks are bound up. They are tied up. Everything from false, this isn't false doctrine will shut you down. You know, for somebody to think they've got something, you know, somebody I read on the news where, you know, this big high multi-billion dollar lottery that was being played that, that you know, everything happened. You might have, you might have read the same story, but, but, but somebody worked in a, was it a nursing home? And the people got together and they come up with a number that was very close and said, you won. And the people all shouted and they were excited, but it was all a big joke. You know, what a horrible joke, to, but that's what people do, hurt other folks. Can you imagine thinking you won, you know, billion, not mil- billions. You talk about changing a life, changing a lifestyle, but it was all just a big prank and a big joke, amen. Just think about the enemy saying, you got it all together, you don't have anything to worry about. You know, you can't even be lost now. That's, you know that doctrine's being preached in some of our churches? Not our, our churches, but in Christian churches. That you couldn't be lost now if you wanted to be lost. You couldn't, you couldn't walk out of the church and curse God and curse the preacher, amen, and do anything. You, you couldn't be lost now because the Bible simply said this scripture that's taken out of context, no man shall pluck you out of his hand. And they use that to preach a doctrine called eternal security. I'm talking about twisting and and messing with the scripture, amen, and coming up with what they want it to come to be, all right, amen. But you tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Listen, that was the message then, but see, we, we want it to be relevant. We don't want to just hear about history, amen. But that's the message now. And the message, amen, that will transform and I can't get away from that. Chad used it in Sunday school last week. It's a message that will transform the messenger. If I can get us to preaching, the whole purpose in our preaching, and I, and I say preaching, but it could be a Bible study. Uh, it could be in the new club that y'all got going in school. It, it, the idea has to be, you know, I'm gonna help somebody here a little bit. I'm gonna bless somebody. I'm gonna release somebody from bondage. If you, do, if you keep that in focus and in mind, listen, it will transform not only the person that you're preaching to, it'll get a hold of you as well. That's the good part about it. I'm feeling what I'm saying right now. Amen. God's people, let's go back and just do a little foundation. God's people were in bondage. We'll go into all of that. Amen. But they were slaves. Uh, And of course, they had been for many generations. God had a message, amen, to the slave owner, the head man. He was not going to agree with what God had to say and he wasn't going to like it very much. But God had a man. He always does. Hallelujah. Amen. A man, he had been schooling and making ready. If you get down in that test and you're suffering and you're going through something, you're in school. And most of us, have, most of us haven't graduated yet. And so all of these tests, who ever heard of going to school and not taking a test? Everybody said, I won't get my degree, but I don't want no test. Who ever heard of that? You, when, when you learn, you're tested as you go. And so I know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've, you know, been in school and I'm like, ooh, I didn't study last night. And I'm, oh, gee, you know, probably more prayer meetings. Probably more sincere prayers have gone up in classrooms while the teacher's handing out the tests. Oh, Jesus, we're getting stammering lips right off. Oh, God, I need, we need help. And we know we need help. <laughs> but there has to be a test. You know, if we don't have a test, it'd just be like watching a, a, a basketball game and they run out on the court and they dribble real good and, you know, they look real cool, but then they look up and there's no goals. It really doesn't matter because you just shoot that direction and somebody might say, ooh, they score at three right there. No, you don't do it that way. You have a little hoop up there that I can't hardly drop it in if I was right on top of it. You gotta get that ball through that hoop. 
That's how you count the score. That's how you make points. It's a test. Amen. It's a goal. Amen. That's what God does with us when we're down to the bottom. Amen. You know what? God does that just to see if we're going to give him praise in the bad times. We talk about it. We talk a good talk. Amen. But you know, what are we going to do when we face our Goliath or, or we face our Red Sea situation? Uh, you know, or when our backs again. No, no, no. We, we're going to do like Job. That's the, that, that's, the, that's the thing we gotta, we're working for right now. Everything had been taken away from Job. Everything. And you know what he's, you know what finally what he said? He said, the Lord giveth and the Lord takes away. Now, we can all say that part, but here's the, here's the catcher, here's the kicker right here. And when he got done with saying the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. That, that's the key right there, all right? Amen. If we can continue to say, bless his name. I love you, Jesus. No matter what happens to me, I know that in the end, things are gonna come out right and good because you're in charge here. That's the test. That's the test. Hallelujah. Amen. So God's got a man, amen, that he's testing and schooling and making ready and qualifying to be Israel's redeemer. Does that sound like a type that's on ahead somewhere? Namely, Jesus Christ, amen. He was the redeemer of Israel later on, amen. Listen, Moses didn't want to do it. You know the story. He repeatedly resisted God in this matter. You know, God's talking to him out of a burning bush that was not consumed. Now, uh, he, he's, he's really, I mean, it seemed to me like Moses getting on thin ice, but he made excuses. He said, I'm not qualified. I am slow of speech. I can't preach too good. Amen. You know, the, the, the problem was, or the real problem was, I believe that Moses had lost his self-esteem. You know, Moses said he knew even as a young child that he was called to lead Israel out of there. You know, he was the spared or the saved little Jewish Hebrew boy, amen, that Pharaoh's daughter, amen, found in the water along the, the rushes, little ark, and her heart went out. And she, he, was, he was raised in Pharaoh's palace, amen, grew up, but his mom, his, his real mama, amen, nursed him and raised him, hired, got paid to raise her own son. God's got a plan, folks, right under the nose of Satan. Amen. Right in the midst of chaos and trial. Amen. God will make a way. Amen. So, so Moses grew up knowing that he had a call on his life. But he acted and moved a little premature. You know the story. You know, he, he slew the Egyptian and buried him in the sand, but then he was afraid he's going to get caught up with, and then he fled. So, so he had the calling, but, but the preparation time is something we don't, we're not very patient with. You know, we're like, we got our calling, and now we're ready to go. Give me the microphone. Move out of the way. And then we no no the the, the, the test and the, he he wanted to skip that so what it did he landed on the not just in the desert but the Bible said in the back of the desert and so what happened to Moses was that he felt like he had failed and he had all right but because of that he felt like God was done with him now let me tell you God don't ever get done with us. Can somebody hear me right now? God never gets done with us. But that's where he was. Moses felt that he was a loser. He was a has-been. I might be preaching to somebody right here, right now. My best days are over. I miss my opportunity. And so it's gone now. He was living on the backside of the desert, keeping his father-in-law's sheep. He was a sheep herder. Think about it a moment. Not a very elevated or dignified position in life. What do you do? I herd sheep. Yet God called Moses out of a burning bush. It, was that a miracle or what? 
the miraculous took place out in the middle of the woods. Amen. First words, take off your shoes. When he turned in to take off your shoes, Moses, amen, you're standing on holy ground. It, it, it seems that God, it seems like this, that God leans toward the ordinary or maybe he toward the obscure. You know, the, the ineffective people, well, just kind of normal, just kind of, you know, not anything exceptional. No, 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 no. God can take a person who don't have much talent, is so unqualified that everybody laughs when the word gets out that he feels or she feels a calling on their life. No, 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 no. that's the ones God really can use. That's the one it seems like God really goes after. Folks who've made such a mess out of their lives. Man, my time is gone. Hey, man, I had an opportunity. No, 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 You're, you still have an opportunity. Y'all hearing me? If, if this ever gets under our gizzard, it becomes a part of us. I'm not, I'm not advocating that we just mess up because God is long-suffering and, and forgiving. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that. We make a, you, don't, you don't put well, on your to-do list, mistake, I'm gonna make a mistake. No, no, that just happens. But because it happens, sometimes it gets to us. You don't surprise God when you mess up. You don't catch God off guard when, when, when you do something wrong or say something wrong. You, that, no, he, he understands us better than we do. Hallelujah. And so, yeah, you may be on the backside of the desert. <clears throat> you may have low self-esteem. You may feel like God's done giving up on you. You missed your opportunity. Amen. He did. After all that's true. He had failed. And now... He would just simply accept what life dished out to him. I'm telling somebody here, you don't have to do that. I don't care how bad you feel like you've messed up. I don't care how low you feel like in sin. You can't get out of God's reach. Get your shoes off, Moses. That's how I want to say it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kind of, I'm on the back. No, 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 no. Get them shoes off. <laughs> Say it in Louisiana terms. Not those shoes, but them shoes. The ground you're standing on is holy. I felt like a while ago, Brother Green, spirit of the Lord moving right here. John was right, had his arms wrapped around, put my arms around him. Felt the power of the Holy Ghost. I think we are on holy ground here. I need to, in fact, maybe we just need to start doing that once in a while. I thought about it. Maybe it was because it was in my message here. I mean, I almost, if I could have got loose, he had a hold of me, wouldn't let me go. <laughs> if I just get over here and sit down and take my shoes. I know it's Sunday. I know we have our Sunday best on. I know that's not too dignified. I don't know if that could ever get out and people find out. I understand all of that. Who cares what they think? We're standing on holy ground. I'm not trying to win the most popular contest. I'm trying to please God. If God's got something to say to me, amen, and I feel like taking my shoes off as reverence to God and his power, amen, just move in the Holy Ghost. I mean, just move in the Holy Ghost right now. I do this every once in a while. I just feel like there's somebody, amen, lately during our worship and praise. And what a great job, y'all. It just sounded good. I don't know how it sounded, but it sounded good up here. And I just felt that somebody wants to just begin to do, oh, but I, you know, that's just not too deep. No, no, I feel like there's some folks who want to get loose. Amen, bless you, sis. Amen. Hallelujah. What a good experience. You know, you came to the altar here. Nobody was in the altar. She came. And I'm thinking, now that lady, she knows the right place to go. Head to the altar. Amen. But folks want to get loose, but you feel that, that tug, that war going on. 
I got my pride to deal with. I got my good name. What's everybody going to think about me and all that to deal with, okay? Or you can obey God and not worry about your good name, your good looks, messing up your hair. You don't worry about dignity. Amen. And just get on out in the aisle. Amen. We hadn't, we hadn't ran the aisles lately. Amen. I kind of feel that coming on. Amen. Like somebody might break out of here. Hallelujah. Like you just want a new car. Think of the price is right and somebody winning all that stuff. And they're doing like this. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, they're not doing that. No. They're not going to do this. This is, this is Pentecostal stuff. You know, they're like, praise the Lord. We got it down. You know, it's almost sissified looking. I need to be careful with that. But they get the hands up about this high. You can't, you can't stretch real high because it messes this all up. They don't make the suits right. You have to unbutton it. You know, that's how you really do it. That's how you see new convert. You can tell a new convert. And you can tell the seasoned old people been around. We know how to do it. You know, we do it. We do it just right. Oh, we surrender to God. No, you lying. You ain't surrendering. Oh, I surrender to you, Jesus. No. <laughs> Brother Johnson, I'm waiting on it. I'm looking, you know, for somebody just like, ooh, this is the day. Maybe, maybe before we get out of here. Maybe when our sister gets baptized. Amen. Somebody might want to like, you know, just kind of, I, I, I got that, I got that new car. Woo. Hallelujah. Oh, feel Jesus in my bones. Hallelujah. Amen. But I'm, but, but let's, let's, let's do something here. If people do that over new refrigerators and washing machines, good Lord, when God's spirit moves in this house. Hallelujah. God was saying, Moses, get them shoes off because I ain't done with you yet. Hallelujah. Romans eleven twenty nine. The Bible says the gift and the calling of God is without repentance. What that means is there's no expiration date on your calling. If God ever starts something with you and calls you to do something, you can just, you know, build your house on it. Because it's there. Amen. You ever called to preach? You ever called to teach? You ever called to whatever it is to sing, to worship? Listen, that's what your calling will always be. Now, God may add some more callings on there. That may not be the only calling. Amen. But you still got it. Hallelujah. Amen. I've got a message for Pharaoh. Is what God was telling Moses. And you're the one... I've chosen to deliver it. Exodus 3 and 7, and the Lord said, I have surely seen here. Here's another little side of that side story here. It wasn't just that God woke up one day and said, hey, I'm gonna go. No, 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 here, there's a reason, all right? And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people. You think God don't see what you're going through? Amen, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry. You think he don't hear you? If he's the same yesterday, we preach it all the time, today and forever. In other words, he's always the same. If he heard Israel in their trouble, that means he can hear you in your trouble. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he can be touched, the Bible said, he is not a God that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmity. In other words, he's got a, he has a tender heart. And when, when you're broken and when you're hurt and, the, and you're going through it, the Bible tells us that God feels that. In other words, God has emotions and he has feelings. And so what a good thing to know about God. Amen. But God said, I've, 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 I've heard, I see the afflictions and, and I've heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters and I know their sorrows. And watch verse eight, watch this. If you got that, just put that up there. And I, because of that, it didn't say it here, but this is following the next verse. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. That's enough of that. 
So, so what we do, how we respond to what we're going through, it does affect God. Oh my goodness. I, I can, in a sense, I can control God. I can move God. Somebody sees God, he's God, that's the way he is, just forget it, you just give you, no, 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 amen. Listen, when I weep, amen, when I'm broken, hallelujah. Didn't the Bible say that a broken and a, all through the scripture, a broken and a contrite spirit. He gets God's attention in so many words. Hallelujah. That's why that, I, I, you know, I'm not a weeper that just cries. I mean, something's wrong with a person that just cries all the time. But, but I, 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 you know, I've been doing this long enough that once in a while, you know, I'm like, you know, if I don't see people, we used to have, you know, I look, I look at leaders. I look at our leaders, and that's my job. The Bible said, let the elders judge. I know that somebody says that's wrong. No, no, the, the elders are supposed to judge. Judges on the gifts of the Spirit. You, elders, elders are supposed to judge and see if that's of God or if it's not of God. Well, let me just judge a little bit more. When I see a person who's always got it together, we had a preacher here one time. I could call his name. Most of y'all wouldn't know him, but, but some of you would. I mean, excellent preacher. But he told me one time, he said, I mean, I'm, I'm laboring before the Lord and praying and I'm getting ready for Sunday. And he told me, uh, he was a Bible college graduate. He just told me, so he, he said, you know what? I don't do all that. I said, really? I said, what do you do? He said, give me 20 minutes and I'll have, a, I'll have the word. Give me 20 minutes. Well, you know, I can do that too, but I don't know if it's the right word or not. I can get a sermonette or a sermon in just a couple minutes, but, but, but you know, he had it so together and he knew so much about living right and doing right and preaching and, and he knew all of that that I never, ever saw him broken, ever. We could have people weeping in the altar. We'd have one of those spirits. He never did. So that began to bother me. God moved them on, they moved, they're great people. We still send them cards, they send us cards. They live in another state, way, way off somewhere. But, but, but I'm, I'm saying a broken spirit, a contrite heart. God would in no wise turn it away. You wanna get God's attention? I'm not saying be a crybaby. I'm saying, but there's sometimes that we ought to be broken. We ought to be touched and stirred and moved. Amen. And when we begin to weep, all it is is simply our emotions coming out. Hallelujah. They had a weeping prophet. Amen. He prayed, oh, that my head was water and my eyes were fountains. And there's a reason I want to weep for the people of God. Amen. That's what I do. Amen. So it's a good thing. Amen. So he said, I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Amen. Moses continued to question God. I'm trying to go back and forth here where we could see our human nature versus the presence and the calling of God. Exodus 4 and 1. Then Moses answered and said, here's a whole new, whole new angle to look at. He said, but suppose they will not believe me. He's talking about his own people. He's talking about the Hebrews or the, or the Israelites. Amen. But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. For they will say, the Lord hath not appeared unto thee. <laughs> Moses, listen, Moses knew that these Hebrews had been in bondage so long that it would take a lot more than what he had to, had to say to convince them that God was going to set them free. You know what? Listen, there are people we meet every day that can't imagine being free. They've lived that way for generations. Their parents were in bondage. Their grandparents was in bondage. All the way back to, you know, to the Garden of Eden. Amen. You know, it, it's a curse that started way before we got here. And it's a curse that has to be broken. And so that's what we're dealing with. And that's what that's a type of. And Moses he wasn't just complaining. He was bringing out things that were real. Like, Lord, I can go down and tell them you spoke to me and out of a burning bush and this great experiences. But, you know, I can imagine them saying, who are you? The failure that messed up and you're coming back now telling this guy. So, so you know what? This is kind of a shame, but it's, it's, a, it's a thing that's real that we need to think about. Listen, we have to convince our own people that God wants to do good things for them. That's before we get to Satan or Pharaoh and start telling him 
you know, how the cow eat the cabbage. We got to get us convinced. Hey, we got to get the shouting. We got to get the weeping. We got to get the praising. Amen. We got to get the dancing before the Lord. We got to get sold out that God is in the house. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Just think, think about it. Amen. These people that come to church. You know what? I'm thinking just kind of out in the, in the air here. Uh, I know most of us are not shouters and dan. I'm not trying to push people into doing that, but just think about it a moment. If we really did believe that God is in this house. (laughs) Just a thought. I'm wondering how we would react or respond. Uh, Maybe that that brings me to this. Is it maybe that we really don't believe he's here? That would mean we don't believe the Bible because we're two or three are gathered together is what he said. said, I'll be in your midst. I'll be there. But but it, it all it, it it all rises and falls on faith, and he said, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So if we if we got our faith all keyed up and you know charged up and Amen, and it's backed by the by the Scripture. Listen. We'd be shouting on the way to church. Oh, I can't wait to get to the house of God. Oh, we'd be running in this. We'd be running in the church. We wouldn't wait on the music and the platform and the praise team leader. We wouldn't do that. We'd just be praying. We'd have to stud everything down where we could sing or where we could preach. Is that too far out? Is that like? Is that is that too way out there somewhere? We get to believe in God. Amen. Oh my goodness, God's here. Think about it a minute. If the president of the United States, just just whether you voted for him or believe in him or don't like him, it, don't don't matter. He's the president. He may be your favorite favorite person. If he walked in here, if somebody put their head in the door and said, "Folks, the president of the United States just drove into the parking lot." You know, that'd just be something. Get a hold of us. It wouldn't be. I don't know about you. The president. You know what we'd be doing? We'd be standing to our feet. We'd be wanting to get close to him and have our picture made with him. We'd be like, ooh, let me just get a peek. Let me get close. Let me touch him as he goes by. He's famous. Not just in this country, but in the whole world. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Amen. Well, somebody more popular, more powerful, amen, than the president. He visits with us on Thursday night with the lights low. He meets with us around this altar. He's here today. Amen. Don't tell me to settle down. Don't tell me to calm down and be quiet. Hallelujah. He's my savior. He's my best friend that sticks closer than a brother. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm gonna make some noise. I'm gonna give him praise. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If y'all wanna start getting ready uh, for the baptismal, you can. I'll start ending here uh, just real, real shortly here. Praise God. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you. Praise God. Anybody getting anything out of this? Amen. God's God's trying his best, amen, to uh, talk to us today. Hallelujah. I do feel, I still feel that bold spirit. I just can't get settled in on that totally. Whew. I guess my whole point is this. Our world, just like those Israelites in Egypt, it's our prison. Until we're born again of water and of spirit. Until we release our faith. Amen. We're we're just like, we're no different from they. 
Amen. So I just want to say, amen. I, you know, I kind of feel like, remember, remember um, Ronald Reagan? Amen. During the Cold War. He must have felt, or maybe even put it like this. I, I kind of feel like he must have felt when he said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. There's, there's a wall of separation. There's people that can't get out of that place. It's bondage. It's, it, freedom is missing. They want to be free. And so that our, our president was so bold, he just said it. And you know what they did? They did it. You know what? I think if we get to saying it, I, I believe the I believe the the enemy is shaking in his boots right now, because folks might begin to speak these things instead of just shriveling up and shrinking back and like, well, we don't know what to do. We just have so much. No, no, no. We have more power. We have more authority. We have the name that's above every name. At that name, every tongue's going to confess. Every knee shall bow. Hallelujah. What, what are you talking about? Amen. I, I, here, here's what we can do. Amen. The author of all of these things that hinder us and drag us down, we, we, could, just, we, could, we could do it like this. We could say, bitterness, let my people go. You want to bring it down to a, to a level where we live, to a grassroots level? Amen. Somebody's got an anger problem. We could say, anger, let my people go. And you can go down the list. There's so many things that people are in bondage to. Amen. We need to speak to it. We need to, we need to give it commands and give it directions. Like, you know what? You don't even have to go out the door. You can find a window to get out of. But just move and get out of this place and get out of our life. We have authority. We have power. Amen. Prejudice, let my people go. Fear, let my people go. Amen. There's, so, there's people that are so frightened of the very thing that they need. Let me tell you, I'm going to say this to us again. Listen, drugs and alcohol, they are problems, you know, in, in all kinds of sins in our society today. But I don't think there's a bigger problem, amen, than tradition. This is what grandma taught. This is what my daddy and my mama believed. And it, it doesn't matter if it's biblical or scriptural. It's, that's the only thing that's forever settled, folks, the word of God. And so if it's, if it's in there, we're safe. Amen. But tradition, folks won't get baptized because their parents weren't baptized. Had one guy told me, he said, I was, I was born in a Catholic home. I went to a Catholic school. No, no reflection on the Catholics, but this is how tradition gets a hold of us. Hey, I went to a Catholic school. I was baptized a Catholic. I'll die a Catholic. What do you do with that? Not much you do. That, that, is, a, that is a stronghold. It's called tradition. No other reason. Just as grandma had it. That's it. I just, it was handed down to me. Listen, listen, I'm the person, you know, that tells traditional people, they says, well, we can't go right here. This has been settled in the Bible. I say, you know, that's the very place I want to go. That's the questions I want to find answers to right there. I think that, I don't think that anything should be taken off the board. If we want to know about tongues, if we want to know about baptism, if we want to know about this Holy Ghost that God promised to pour out upon all of his believers, I want to know about that. I don't care what tradition says, and I don't care if people think it's spooky. Listen, I don't care about all of that. I want to know what the Bible says about it. And that's got me to this place right here. Oh, I'm glad that I kept searching and kept looking. I'm glad I got hungry for it. Hallelujah. Amen. Folks, I'm telling you, amen, this giant can be slain. Some of you that's battling and struggling and almost to give up and you've lost your self-confidence and listen, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you can kill this Goliath with the help of God. I, I hope somebody's faith goes up right now. You got folks that'll stand with you. Hallelujah. Amen. Both of my grandfathers were alcoholics. They passed that spirit and that attitude or that demon, whatever you want to call it, they passed it right on down to my family. I've got brothers, amen, that became alcoholics just like my grandfathers. So what do you do? I had to break that chain. 
with God's help. You don't have to be an alcoholic just because your parents were alcoholics. You don't have to be a Methodist just because they were. It's just a name tag. Religion, listen, we need to think about it like this. Religion is just man-made. It's the experience. It's the obedience to God's word that counts. It's not the name tag you got over the door. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So my folks passed some spirits on down to me. Amen. And I'm just, I'm just not having them. Like, nope, nah, like, nah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's kill the giant. Hallelujah. Let's preach the message that will transform not only the person we're preaching to, but it'll transform the messenger. Hallelujah. Something got a hold of me. Hallelujah. I said something got a hold of me. I've never felt anything like this. Never had any dealings with anything like this. I can't shake it. I wake up in the middle of the night. Amen. It's still with me. Amen. I can be in my worst test, my deepest valley. Amen. It's still right there with me. That's why David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Amen. What a, what a great blessing to be done with fear. Amen. I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. We need comfort. God's offering that to us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to clap our hands together. Hallelujah. They had a name for her. Hallelujah. Come on, let's clap our hands like we mean it. I don't think we really mean that. break for a baptismal service. I've known of places I've known of places where man you have to put your name in. You know it takes weeks and weeks and months. They have certain times they baptize. Oh you can't do that until spring you know. We don't we do it a little bit different here. Hallelujah. Somebody wants to get baptized and we just get them under that water. In that watery grave. Hallelujah. We call the name that's above every name. Hallelujah. Sister Brittany, I'm so thrilled, amen, that you came to this altar. Amen. Got something from God, went back. Those ladies wouldn't leave you alone. They just went over where you were. Amen. But you seem pretty responsive to that. And Amen. Begin to speak in a language that you never learned before. Hey, what if, what if we do this? Here's kind of how we do it here, and it, and it works really good for us. Uh, when, when Brother Thompson puts you down in that water, I'm going to speak the name of Jesus over you. And, and no other name, no other, the Bible said, none other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. Paul said, whatever you do in word or deed, do all. This is a deed. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so we're going to be just standing on God's word. But, but when we come out of the water, how about if it's okay with you, if we just all begin to give praise, and if you feel that prayer language, that Holy Ghost, you're going to feel it. I mean, just predict that. Just yield to it and just, just get another, you know, blessing from God right now. If you want to speak in tongues, it's okay. I believe I will. Hallelujah. You know what? This is this is the thing, folks. Somebody came to the altar, said it at the altar. I'm gonna say it again for Brittany here. Uh, we do our preaching, we do our worship. Everything we do is to get a person right where Brittany is right now, or, or, or in an altar of repentance. I, I, I've had folks. I've had folks. You go down, and I know we got we got an order of service as things that we want to accomplish and get done today. And I have people like, well, you know, no, 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 no. Everything we do is to get you here, to get people to do what you're doing right now. That's what we do it for. And so this is beautiful, Amen. And this is biblical, Hallelujah, Amen. Remember the remember the first sermon. I'm on, I, I, I'm, I'm monotonous with this, Amen. The question was on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost was poured out was men and brethren, what shall we do? If the question is still the same, 
Why change the answer? We're going to give a biblical question in biblical times. So we're just going to give a biblical answer to that question. And it came from the man who had the keys to the kingdom. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And he told them, what for? He said, it's for the remission of sins. Hallelujah. Sister Brittany, every sin you've ever committed is going to be washed away from you. Hallelujah. And it's going to be done in the name of Jesus. There we go. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. That's faith right there. There's faith right there. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus' name. Amen. Sister Brittany Snowden. Hallelujah. Upon the profession of your faith and in obedience to the great word of the Lord, we now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Come on, let's give him praise right now. That's it, Brittany. In the name of Jesus. Believe on me Put your faith in me Well the scripture said it The scripture said it Put your trust in the word of God For the scripture said it He said out of your belly Out of your belly Out of your inside Said I'm gonna flow, 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 flow. I've got a river. I've got a river. I've been baptized with the Holy Ghost. I said I've got a river. Well, Jesus said it. Oh, Jesus said it. Just believe on me. Put your faith in me. Well, the scripture said it. The scripture said it. Turn over to the book of John, chapter 7. Because the scripture said it. He said, Out of your belly, out of your belly, out of your inside, out of the innermost being. Said, I'm going to flow. Flow, 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 flow. I've got a river. I've got a river. I've got a river. I said, I've got a river. Well, Jesus said it. Yes, Jesus said it. He said, believe on me. Put your faith in me. Well, the scripture said it, the scripture said it, you can put your trust in the word of God, cause the scripture said it, he said out of your belly, out of your belly, out of your inside, out of the innermost being, said I'm gonna flow, 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 come on, flow. If you don't believe 
Yeah. 